السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين We spoke the other day about Abu Huraira رضي الله عنه dedicated the minute he knew about Islam which is about three and a half, four years before the Prophet ﷺ passed away. He was from Yemen. And we're talking about 1,500 years ago, Yemen is too far away to, to Medina. You don't, you know, you don't travel to the next city. In the old days, even here in New Zealand, to go to the Lower Hat was taken four hours on a horse car. So nobody used to go to Lower Hat. It's the whole, four hours going, four hours back, <laughs> just to go to Lower Hat. And that's why Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala says in the Quran, that once you, you reflect on the blessing Allah gives you, you will say, Subhanalladhi sakhara lana hatha, wa ma kunna lahu muqrinin, wa inna ila rabbina lamunqalibun. Every time you have a ride, every time you get on a horseback, on a train, or a bus, or a car, you hold that key and bling, and you, shaitan will tell you, old car, it's not BM, isn't, yeah? If you have the BM, there is somebody who have Ferrari. And those with Ferrari, they have 10 of them in the cars, in, in the garage. And they, so the things of this dunya, they are things only. But to reflect in your heart and say, SubhanAllah, only 100 years ago, people used to, the whole day, just to go to Lohat. And they won't do it once a month if they're lucky. Now I can just, Lohat. I'll go, just, you wait. <laughs> you know, people, brothers, you wait, I'll go and do it. You reflect and say, SubhanAllah, perfection belongs to the one who made this possible. Who made this possible? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by making the oil for us. We didn't make the oil. He didn't make the energy, we didn't make the metal. We didn't make the ideas and the engineer's brain, the brain that actually put these things together. Who made the brain itself? Who would inspire them to say, oh, if you do this, if you do that, if you do this, you do that. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you say, subhanahu, perfection belongs to Allah. He made this possible for us. And I'm in a journey to lower hut. I'm in a journey to overseas. But life itself is a journey. And when, yeah, that's, that's what the dua says. Life itself is a journey. One journey will be back to Allah. One journey will be my last journey. No matter who you are, one journey will be your last. This is, this is a fact. This is a fact, subhanAllah. So Abu Hurairah came from Yemen, horse or camel or donkey to get to Medina. Wallahi, this is enough, enough as a big tick for them. You know? Because think about it, leaving everything behind to go and to meet that messenger, to learn about that deen, to serve Allah. Then he goes, he doesn't find the Prophet in Medina. <laughs> Prophet is outside, somewhere else, another city. He goes to the other city, Khaybar. And he declares Islam there. And that's it. Immediately he says, I lost so much. You know, of the company of the Prophet Wasallam. I'm going to be with him, forget food and drink and work and money and family, forget everything. I'm going to be in the mosque 24 hours. <laughs> you know? And he says, is that, is that okay? Can I stay in the, yeah, he stay in the masjid? No problem. Then he just goes home to have a wash and come back. Yeah? But his mother came with him from Yemen. She's not Muslim. Yeah? She's not Muslim. She's just, yeah? 
Not only that, she actually enemy of Islam. <laughs> she hates Islam. She hates it. What is this, you know? You lost your work, you lost your job. What is this he's doing? And he says to the Prophet ﷺ, Messenger of Allah, my mother, my mother. Yeah? And one day his mother actually said something very bad. Very bad about the Prophet ﷺ. So Abu Bakr was terrified. He goes to the Prophet ﷺ and says, My mother said something very bad about Islam, about you. And the Prophet ﷺ make dua. <laughs> make dua for what? Allahumma mahdi umma wa huraira. Oh Allah, guide his mother. That's it. That's our religion. That's our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He wasn't cursing. He wasn't vulgar. He wasn't rude. You know? Look at the leaders of the world today. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, if, if the mic is left behind and you can hear what they say. Even the most, you know, polite of them, Obama, <laughs> the most polite, Clinton. These are the polite people. Forget the current ones. These are the polite. And when the mic was left on, oh, the recording they had. Terrible. Yeah, the most respected in the Gulf, Tiger Wood. You know, see what happened. The most respected in rugby. You know what happened. But Islam teaching us that the Prophet said, "Laysa minna." He is not Muslim. Man lam yaman jaruhu That his neighbors don't love him and feel safe with him. <laughs> Full stop. His neighbors, even if the neighbors is. Worshipping cats and dogs. You, you have, they have rights on you. In the Quran it says, the Medina, they are neighbors. The city. So Wellington is our neighbors. <laughs> it's not your neighbors the next door in the street. No, no, no. You know, the hadith says 40 in every direction. 40 house in every direction. But the Quran says, فَلَا يُجَوْرُونَكَ فِيهَا They will not be your neighbors in Medina. <laughs> this is Islam. Yeah. Al-Muslim, the Prophet ﷺ defined, Al-Muslim, man salim al-Muslimun min lisanihi wa yadihi. Muslim, that others are safe from his tongue and from his hand. How did the Prophet know that his hand will type text <laughs> and send messages? And, yeah? and he says, safe from your tongue. But then he says, from his hand. Because now you don't see the people, you just type. You just take photos of them. Yeah? Or use your skills to Photoshop something about them. Not Photoshop, now video editing. <laughs> yeah? Video editing, and you can put, put the person in a video that he never, never been there. SubhanAllah, may Allah protect us. Yeah? It's not Islam. Yeah? Al-Mu'min, the Prophet defined, Al-Mu'min, man amina nas Yeah? That the people will be safe around him. So Abu Hurairah said to the Prophet, my, my mother is cursing you. He make dua for her. And if the Prophet makes dua for you, 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 you're done, you're good, you're the best. Abu Huraira goes home and you find the door locked. Normally, this in old days, you know, doors, you know, just push the rock or something, open up. And she says, Ala rislik, don't come in, don't come in, wait. And when she gets ready, she puts the hijab on. <laughs> she said, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. Take me to the Messenger. So, this is Abu Hurairah. He had the course with the Prophet and memorized more than 4,000 hadiths, 5,000 hadiths, 5,000 lectures. He memorized them and dedicated his rest of his life to teaching them. You know how the Prophet. Those, all this is from Abu Hurairah. 
Abu Huraira has a daughter that married somebody in the Tabi'een, the generation that came after they didn't see the Prophet They saw the Sahaba, they saw all the Sahaba. Yeah, so they born with all the Sahaba around, no paganism, no Quraysh, no fighting, nothing. Yeah, all the education is to learn now pristine knowledge. Some of them became more knowledgeable than the Sahaba. In knowledge, not more ranking, no, no, but in knowledge, in fatwa, in understanding, in memorizing. Of course, the Sahaba had so many to defend themselves and to travel. This Tabi'een, some of them were so intelligent, so dedicated. They, one of them was Abu Huraira's son-in-law. He married Abu Huraira's daughter. His name is Sa'id ibn Musayyib. Sa'id ibn Musayyib's grandfather was a Sahabi also, and his father was Sahabi. The Prophet ﷺ told his grandfather, his name Sa'id ibn Musayyib ibn Hazan. Hazan means really stubborn. The meaning of the name, really hard will. You know, you can't change the mind. Very strong willed, very dignified. The Prophet ﷺ said, I change your name to Sahl. Sahl means easy, <laughs> gentle. He says, no, 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 no. <laughs> Sahl, people just trumble them in the street. <laughs> you know, Sahl doesn't get respect. Let us stay strong. Hasn't. It was in them. It was really, you cannot, you know, Sa'id ibn Musayyib, the Sahaba used to ask him for fatwa. Abdullah ibn Umar and Abdullah ibn Umar ibn Khattab and Abdullah ibn Amr. These great Sahaba, they used to ask Sa'id for fatwa, for opinion. So that's how knowledgeable he was. Royal family, the Khalifa, later on, they used to send the children to ask him for fatwa. And he, they would ask him, the Khalifa is here, can you come and see him? He says, he needs me? He come in here, I'm sitting in the masjid. <laughs> the, 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 the guard and all those people coming to tell him, they say, Wallahi, they, to, they told us, don't you dare disturb him. If it wasn't, we would have absolutely carried you to him. So Sa'id ibn Musayyib, rahimahullah, had one of lectures, he gives lectures and students. One of his students, his name is Abi Wada'a, Ibn Abi Wada'a. Ibn Abi Wada'a, poor students, very poor students, disappeared from the halqa, from the class for a few days, maybe weeks. And Sa'id got concerned and worried. And when Abi Wada'a came back, he says, what happened to you? He says, my wife passed away. And I, used, I went back to the village and to do the funerals and the janazah. He says, subhanAllah. And you don't have a wife now, you just by yourself. He says, yeah, I have three dirham. I can't even afford to buy anything for, for a new wife. I wait, inshallah. He says, inshallah, you have a wife tonight. He says, wife tonight, who's going to marry me? He says, my daughters will be your wife. You know who he's talking about? He's talking about his daughter. His daughter, the Khalifa himself, wanted to marry her to his son. The Khalifa from the Umayyad family, he wanted his son, which is becoming the Khalifa, to marry his daughter. And he says, no, no, no. He says, no. They say, why? He says, her religion will be watered down. The dunya will distract her from religion. <laughs> he refused to marry her to the royal family. And he marries her to one of the poorest students. Because he knows this is, it's going to take her to Jannah. That's, that's ultimate goal. Yeah? What, what's the benefit if you achieve some little goals, having a house and cars and jobs and money, and you lose your ultimate goal? The guy, the student says, the sheikh, maybe, you know. 
the sheikh is just being kind to me, he's comforting me. And he didn't, the, he just didn't think about it. He goes home, Maghrib time, the doors knock of the students. The door knock, Abi Wada'a's door knock. And he says, who is it? He says, Saeed. Abu Wada'a says, Wallahi, every Saeed in the city crossed my mind, not my teacher. Every Saeed. Because that my teacher never goes and visits anybody. He's just the mosque to the house, mosque to the house. They say he never left the Jama'ah. He had, Sayyid ibn Usayyib made Hajj more than 40 times. So he opened the door and he found his teacher in front of him. And who's behind the teacher? The bride, the daughter. He says, what I promised you, your wife, get her inside and walks away. He says the lady fell down from, <laughs> from embarrassment and shyness. She was just... <laughs> he rushed around to his you know, neighbors, his auntie, his mom. He says, come on, have a look what's inside my house. <laughs> so he brought his daughter here. His mother was there. She said, you don't dare, you know, do anything till I come. She came and says, three days, I will make a preparation for wedding and prepare the house. And, and he left him, you know, a few thousands. You know, the, the, the father of the few thousand dirham as a wedding gift. That's our Islam, subhanAllah. He says, a week later, the student is narrating. He says, a week later, I said, okay. I'm going to go back to my class now. She said, what class? What are you learning? He says, I'm learning this book. She said, I'll teach you. <laughs> and he says, she was as knowledgeable as her father. He was learning from her, subhanAllah. This is our religion, brothers. Yesterday, somebody put a video, two minutes, on a group. Watch that. Two minutes, two minutes, on a group. A French historian speaking in French about what the French have done in Mali. Mali we hear in the news and our sick <coughs> mind think terrorism. Very sick polluted soul think trouble. Mali has the biggest university on the face of the earth, Tumbuktu. Mali is the only country in the world that the colonizers, the occupiers, the those who commit atrocity could not reach their papers, their research. They buried them in the desert, in the sand, the scholars. When the French arrived in Mali, they found civilization. This is more than 500 years ago. Civilization that was not known on earth. With commerce and businesses and trades and deals and economy and flourishing lifestyle, not known to any of them. Muslim. Scholars, you know what they did? They killed all the scholars. Massacred all the scholars to force them not to learn, to force the common people, the public not to learn. The scholars, the, the two minutes says the Arabic teacher to stop the Arabic communication with the civilization around because Arabic was the number one language. That's what he's saying was the language, yeah? the language of Franca, the language of civilization, the language of trade, the language of law, the language of universities, was Arabic. If we lose our history, if we lose who we are, we will think yeah, Mali is terrorism. <laughs> you know, same as Iraq, same as Afghanistan. These are the country that led the world. They had civilization. But because of 
hatreds and envies and jealousies and, you know, criminal mindset from the kuffar. They come and commit all this atrocity for hundreds of years, yeah? And now they, they blame the people, says, you know, why are you defending yourself? <laughs> why you want your freedom? Yeah? So Islam, wallahi, Islam, as I said in the beginning, the Prophet ﷺ said, you don't even hurt your neighbors. You go to hell for hurting a cat. You go to Jannah for removing harm from people's way, removing a broken glass, a rock, a banana skin into rubbish bin. Allah loves that so much, can give you Jannah for that. And you don't feed the cat that you're supposed to look after, you can lose all your prayer. The Prophet ﷺ was told, one of the neighbors, she is oh, all night praying and crying, all day fasting and making dua. But her neighbors, oh, they suffer from her mouth. The minute she deal with them, she yell and scream. The Prophet said, she is in hell. She is not from the people of Jannah to do it. Yeah? SubhanAllah, look at this. Any of us, when you see the beard and the kameez and the jubba, he says, MashaAllah, Imam Sahib, hey, Rabbun, give me some barakah, yeah? Make dua for me, make dua for me. The Prophet said, no, 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 no. You don't judge about this. You judge by the treatment of everybody and everything around you. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen our iman. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase our knowledge. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teach us the truth so we can share it with others. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make the truth prevail. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make iman and Islam and Quran beloved to our heart and our mind. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to use us to serve the deen. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to use us to serve Islam. Wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillah rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa jazakumullah khayran.